Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I wanna encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome everybody to Why Not Me, Turning Trials into Triumphs, Seeking and Embracing Success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls, and I'm so grateful that you're here today, excited to share this time with you. And I am uh, really looking forward to visiting with our guest today. I think you are going to love this episode. We have with us Mario Tomic. And Mario is a coach and fitness YouTuber. Um, he has impacted a lot of lives. He's got over 180,000 subscribers on YouTube, over 20 million views. And he's here just to share his wisdom on, on health, wellness, mindset, uh, uh, just uh, hopefully a wide variety of topics. So with that, Mario, fill in some blanks. Give us a, give us the backstory. Tell us about you, please. Well, first and foremost, great to be here. Happy to uh, share some time with uh, you and, and everybody else. Uh, so I have a bit of an unusual background compared to most people in fitness. I actually didn't grow up in sports or in fitness. I didn't know much about this field. I actually grew up as more of a computer nerd. And then I actually studied computer science. I got a master's degree in that. And then I started working as an engineer and um, developed some software and did some maintenance work, some admin work. And I just realized that that wasn't necessarily the, the path for me. Um, in the meantime, I also discovered fitness after I came back from college when I got really overweight. I had about 45 pounds accumulated on me, probably even more, but I'll be gentle to myself today and <laughs> just say it's 45. <laughs> and uh, got to lose that weight. And then in that process, I discovered something that I really enjoy. Uh, I think my, one of my personal assets, what I would say is more of an extreme personality. So when I get into something, I really go deep. And I found that health and fitness really had that hook for me because my, my history of playing video games and getting into sort of these um, curiosity-based, uh, is, is going deep, uh, leveling up and that type of mentality, I found that to be the case with fitness, with my own personal life, where you can just really always progress forward. It's tangible, it's measurable, it, it's engineered. You can control the variables to some extent. You can derive an outcome uh, based on your effort. And it's a very honest pursuit as well. It's literally about how much you put in and that's how much you're going to get out of it and based on your knowledge and leverage that you can create. So I thought it was sort of the great equalizer. It, it's really one of those things where you can build up yourself, reinvent yourself. And I would say that's how it all really started for me. It's that reinvention of, of myself and my identity because when I came back from college, I asked myself, who do I want to be five years from now? Who do I want to be 10 years from now? And it really didn't align with my previous lifestyle. So I thought, well, what would Mario 2.0 do? And let's start developing that version of me. And um, step by step, I got myself results. Afterwards, I started writing about it. A lot of people liked the ideas that I was sharing. And eventually, I started creating content. And then YouTube channel kind of grew and grew and grew. And as you know, it's in a snowball effect with social media these days. It's very powerful. So 
the more eyeballs you get, the algorithms favor you and more people discover you. And then you're getting into men's health. You're getting a lot of different podcasts. You're getting into events and exposure. And today, I think we crossed um, recently 25 million views on all the content on YouTube. And there's a whole bunch of Instagram, other platforms, a lot of subscribers, hundreds of thousands. So I'm just feeling blessed and honored to be in a position where I can share positive values about personal development, because I do see fitness as a part of personal development in this grand scheme of us trying to really be the best we can be with the limited time that we have. So that for me, fitness is that essential uh, base that then allows you also to pursue other goals as well. So it is in service of you being a better dad, of you actually being a better business owner, of you being happier with yourself because you can perform at a better level. A healthy body derives a healthy mind. And it, I do feel like uh, this is one of those things that, unfortunately, we are in a almost like a hidden pandemic. I know pandemic world is a word is very popular these days, but sort of the hidden pandemic has been what's been going on with health for the last couple of decades and it's been severely ignored. So I thought that I could make a difference in this field and um, hopefully I'm making a difference. So this is sort of kind of a quick summary here. We're happy to dive in deeper. Cool. So uh, several questions come out of that. One that comes to mind um when you like, like when you started to realize that this wasn't the path for you, the, the engineering path, like was it was there an event or was it sudden or just this general sense of um, of unease? Because I think a lot of a lot of times it happens. We we do what's ex, quote unquote expected, right? We go to college, we do whatever path this is, and without ever taking the time to reflect, like you did. So was there an event? Like how did that all come together? The reason why I became an entrepreneur is because of freedom. I, I didn't really experience that level of freedom that I wanted uh, after I got my job and after I got into my routine. And I'm a big believer in habits and I'm essentially like a robot when it comes to my lifestyle. I organize everything. I'm, I'm still an engineer at heart. Everything I do in fitness is also based around engineering concepts and uh, being a, a data-driven the decision maker and trying to really make the most out of uh, you know, measurements and making sure to create as predictable outcomes as possible and engineering unique solutions. But for me being, I, I think for what I didn't see working as a software engineer was this, at, at that time, though these days would probably be a bit of different, um, is I didn't see the direct result of my work that is making that much of an impact. You know, you're kind of working on one pr part of the projects that's a greater project, and that's a greater project. And it's just... Overall, you don't feel connected to the outcomes. And then the degree of freedom that you would get from that would not be you know, possible. That I wanted to work remotely. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to explore. I didn't sit on an airplane until I was 23 years old. That was my first time, I think, 23 and a half, 24. I think I turned 24 at the time. So I really felt like I was missing out on a lot of things in life in service of pursuing my degree. I mean, I'm first in my family to get a degree. We're we're not, um, even in middle class would be quite of an overstatement. So we're, we're probably on the, on the lower end of our income. So my parents sacrificed a lot to get me to college and to get the job. And then I realized, wow, if, if I want to take care of them one day, I wouldn't be able to do it with this job, even though you know it pays quote unquote well, but I'm looking at people that are working at this job for around 20, 30 years, and they're not that happy. And they don't, they're, they're not able to take care of people around them. They're, so they're still quite dependent. And that really was a driving force for me to start taking things in my own hands. And then I thought, well, what if I can merge technology and fitness? And I started online coaching before online coaching was even a thing. So I started leveraging technology back in 2013, 2012. I mean, that back then, nobody was even talking about Zoom. It didn't even exist. So we started very early 
uh, applying some of the principles that today are sort of a very established way of doing things. And most people are familiar with Zoom meetings and things like that, especially in last year. But we started very early and I saw just enormous amount of potential for that because you don't have to rely on local talent to get help. You can work with the best in the world but you just work online. And most people honestly don't need someone in person in the gym after they've gone through a couple of sessions or they're no longer complete beginners. They just need the right system and the right strategy and the right help outside of the gym to cover the other 164 hours of the week if they spend four in the gym. So we, we really started adding a trans amount of value with that. And I thought that was my calling. And these days, I mean, we I can probably say we work with, I think I need to update my numbers, probably more than 700 people uh, that we've directly helped. And I work primarily with other entrepreneurs as well, enabling them to make an impact. So it's been just an incredible journey over these years. And I, I found that, and I'm not a much materialistic person. I don't own a lot of things. I'm a minimalist, but I like the degree of freedom that this allows me to have. So I can visit my parents whenever I want. I can help everybody that I care about and try to help the world as much as possible. It's really about finding that purpose. So for me, that was health and fitness. And not to say I wouldn't have had success if I pursued software engineering. It's hard to tell. And there's always that survivorship bias and someone makes it and then a thousand people fail. So, I mean, I think in any we have to take everything with a grain of salt, but I do feel like the only way to fail at this would have been if I quit. And I think that's my biggest asset. I, I don't quit easily. So I'm not going to give up on things, which is also what, probably a downside in some cases because I'm going to be very dogged when it comes to certain things. But I think that that level of persistence and grit that's required to succeed as an entrepreneur, I, I had it. And so I thought that would be um, something that I can leverage. I mean, in hindsight, I, it was a good decision, of course. I mean, at the time, I didn't really know what, what was going on. I was just you know doing what I had to do. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier when you were kind of filling in the backstory that you like took time to think about what was it, what I want life to be like in five years? What do I want it to be like in 10 years? And then just now you talked about you know starting this online fitness bef- you know, when it, when it wasn't a thing. So seeing the futures, have you have you always had that kind of that visionary type uh, ability, or is that something you've you've had to um, cultivate, or is this just a gift one of your gifts? It's hard to say if it's um, an innate thing or if it's just something I've been fascinated because my dad is also very fascinated, but I could have gotten from him because he was way ahead of his time and when it comes to electronics and, and radio technology and he was into sci-fi when everybody around him was uh, into farming and you know doing all kinds of things like that are just not related at all. He was reading sci-fi novels and <laughs> I was also as a kid really fascinated by the future. So I would say I'm a very future-oriented person. I think that probably contributes to a great extent to how I see business as well. Like as soon as I see a problem in the marketplace, I try to see what would be the better solution for it. So essentially, what would the future bring to solve this? What are the upcoming technologies? Now, these days, we have machine learning, AI, uh, application of those things. And I try to really stay up to date with uh, pretty much everything that's happening in the chip world and the data world and the software world and in pretty much any world, uh, because I, I feel like the... The, the future demands us now, at least as, as an entrepreneur, the way I'm seeing it. And generally, even if even if you're a professional, it doesn't really change much. I think the, the future where it's headed, there's a, there's a need to reinvent yourself. And there's going to be um, a need to reinvent yourself more and more frequently because the world is changing so fast that the stuff that I used to study is is almost irrelevant at this point. Aside from a couple of first principles, which I could have just boiled into six months of study and moved on. But a lot of the tactical things have completely changed. So by, and that's not that long ago. I mean, I'm 34 now and I studied back 10 years ago. In 10 years, we have this 
for example, Apple App Store, you can develop apps and you can be very successful with that. That didn't even exist when I studied. And now there's people specific for that. 10 years from now, there's going to be things that are completely relevant. So you may need to literally every three, four, let's say five years, completely reinvent your career or reinvent your business in a way or pivot that would actually match the current technology. And the speed at which technology is adapting itself and improving itself is also faster and faster. So I think that the biggest asset a professional and entrepreneur can have these days is the ability to stay in that growth mindset and to reanalyze yourself, to reinvent yourself and consistently upgrade to stay up to date with things. And I think there's a huge opportunity there, which is also a great opportunity for those who feel like kind of they missed the big boat. They missed the web 2.0. They missed sort of these big moments where people got ahead. I mean, there's more moments like that coming up. So you really never miss out as long as you're keeping up to date with things. And as long as you're a lifelong learner, I think that would be probably my second biggest asset aside from being a persistent person. I think uh, lifelong learning and just being a a machine when it comes to absorbing information (laughs) on a very consistent basis. Um, I spent a lot of time learning. So yeah, that's, I think, the biggest thing. Cool. So per- persistence, grit, persistence and grit. You mentioned uh, being a and being a lifetime learner. And then, if so, anybody listening, if you feel you missed the last big opportunity, I think the message is just get ready, um, be 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 watchful, be learning, because there's another one on the horizon, and, and it'll be here before you know it. So absolutely cool. You mentioned um, you mentioned helping other entrepreneurs. So t- so tell me a little bit about that. Is it is it strictly in the fitness sphere? Is it beyond that? And yeah, let's unpack that a little bit if you would. Yeah. So we, we work a lot on, um, fitness and personal development. So for us, it's fitness, health, and personal development leading with fitness and health. So this is the primary, um, uh, driver force behind all my work as a coach and with my team and who we're helping, we're helping entrepreneurs essentially get in control over that part of their lives, because we found that this is essentially an avenue where they've drop the ball in many cases. Uh, we work with clients mostly in their 40s and 50s. And by the time they have built their companies, by the time they've built their careers, their health and fitness was in a back burner. They're, they're barely able to keep up with all the family obligations and everything else. So we're coming in there to essentially bring that area of their life up to speed with the rest. And so they don't end up having to deal with that in, in a much more you know, serious consequences later on. And we found actually over the years that I look and interview so many of my clients and I mean, I work with clients every single day, so I can see what's going on, is that health and fitness is such a competitive advantage these days. If you're on top of your game when it comes to energy levels, when it comes to being in shape, especially in your 50s and 60s, I mean, you have, you essentially have the wisdom of someone in their 50s and 60s with tons of experience, but you also have the energy to back that up. So you, you don't have to worry about having dips in the middle of the day. You can just be that high performer and knock out an insane amount of work and you can just lead a tremendous amount of people. And we found that that's to be one of the main reasons why our clients reach out. I mean, some of it, is, of course, is aesthetically pleasing, you know, to drop some weight and look good. And a lot of clients these days say, oh, I want to see my apps for the first time in my life. And, you know, I'm in my 50s now. I finally have the opportunity. Kids are out to college and I have time for myself and let's do this. And, and they do it. And it's an incredible achievement to see that. Uh, it's sort of the the one thing that I would say that I'm really proud of, just looking at my clients and and just looking at their mentality is that these are not your average uh, folk. So these are people that are defying the average. They don't want to be the average. They notice that the average is not what they uh, aspire toward. So they're looking to go take it to the next level. Okay, how can I be the best at 
this and I, they just ignore pretty much their peer group. Their most of the environment is a, is a bunch of people already threw in the towel about health and fitness. They don't think it's possible anymore. They blame the genetics. They blame the age. They blame all kinds of injuries or whatever. Uh, I'm proud to say that with, with our clients, with the people I work with, they're just taking the most out of their situation. They're going to make it work no matter what. And that's something that allows me to then go in there and really help them out. And we're building a new lifestyle. We're generating results that that most people don't even think are possible. I mean, when you see someone who is 56 years old, walking around at 8%, 10% body fat, you're like, what, what is going on here? What is this person on? And how, how are they actually doing it? Especially when they achieve that transformation, when when most other people, nuclear their peers, they go on a pull, they walk around, they're better looking than the 20-year-olds. And, and that's something that I feel like it is a great example of what's possible. And we need more examples of that because I th- do think people give up too early. They throw in the towel. They don't consider this as, a, as something that they can do. And that lack of confidence and then lack of competence, I feel like contributes to a great extent of why people aren't even trying. Because the only way to quit here is is if you give up and if you don't try and if you don't learn. And there are systems out there that can work. So it's just a matter of uh, dialing things in. So I'm a big believer in in that mentality of uh, not being average, essentially trying to really raise the standard for yourself because there's way more you can achieve than you think is possible. Love that. There's a ton there. And and I'm aligned with what you're saying. I'm, I, you know, kind of my mission is to just uh, to create Healthy leaders leading healthy companies. I think I mentioned that that to you before. And um, so going back to you know, my early beginnings, my dad had his first heart attack when I was eight. So he was 48 and then um, you know, had several more. But uh, he died when uh, he was 64 um, from congestive heart failure. But he never, that I recall, he never really took um, consistent steps to improve his health. And so it was just this kind of steady, steady decline. And thinking back, I, I mean, I think without a doubt, had he made some some lifestyle adjustments early on, uh, it would have changed the trajectory. Um, and you know, you mentioned entrepreneurs and just, if for nothing else, energy management, uh, being able to to go hard when needed to stay to stay sharp, and even the the relationship between um, exercise, strength training, and cognitive function. Uh, the, the the links there, the ties there are uh, incredible. Uh, have you done much research in that area? Yeah, absolutely. We know that strength training as well as cardiovascular exercise brings a, about BDNF, a very, very powerful um, neurotransmitter that in your brain, you will actually experience a very positive effects and the ability to increase neuroplasticity, which will enable you to learn new skills, which will boost your overall energy levels. And as, as you just expose yourself to that hormetic effect of exercise. So you're inevitably going to feel better and operate at a better level. So that's not even a question anymore. I mean, exercise, if you could wrap up exercise in a healthy diet, then a pill would be the most effective pill out there. It would be the most effective medicine known to mankind. Uh, Same thing could be said for meditation. Same thing could be said for getting eight hours of solid sleep. Some of those things, because people kind of hear about them, they ignore them. But those are the fundamentals of what we know drive optimal human uh, functioning performance. And I'm not saying you have to be obsessed and work in 12-hour days and 80-hour weeks and all those things. I honestly think that you know just working 80-hour weeks is overrated. I think it's way more important what you work on and how creative you are with your problem solving than it is the sheer amount of hours. I know a lot of people carry that badge of honor for you know sleepless nights and things like that. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you learn very early on that it's really about creating leverage. 
and making sure that your work is um, that you're working the right things, not necessarily working a lot. I think that's way more important. But but still, to that extent, if you want to be creative, if you want to be your best self, you need your brain on your side. You need your body on your side. If you're in a food coma after lunch and you have to take two hours to recover your energy levels and you walk up the slide of stairs and you feel tired and, and out of breath and now you also have to go to the hospital, you have to deal with stuff, you have to take medication, which also affects your sleep and affects everything else. So every single thing you take affects something else. So then eventually it, it just kind of falls apart. And I think what pr- the problem is here with success and, and failure in this is that they're quite in, they're not that visible. They're not that obvious because it's a set of small decisions you make day to day, but that just simply take a long time to accumulate. And you go and skip one workout. You get a little bit of extra on the side when it comes to food. You go out to eat instead of preparing something at home and you go out and eat whatever. You order in a little bit of lazier, get a little bit less steps, uh, cut the hour of sleep because you stayed up, listen to some, you know, something else uh, on the TV or whatever. And then after some time, give that 20 years and suddenly you, you're creating a disaster. It's not that single event or that single day that caused anything, but it's 20 years of repeated behavior like that caused problems. And the same works in the opposite. You do a little bit of more training, you catch your seven, 10,000 steps, you know, seven to 10,000 steps a day, eat a little bit of healthier, a little bit more salad, a little bit more protein, sleeping a little bit more, saying a couple of nice things to your wife, you know, just kind of, you know, little things, but just multiply that with 20 years Suddenly, you have healthy relationships, healthy body, great company, leadership, integrity. Everything comes from little decisions and little choices that add up over time. I think people are way too focused on this one magic big event that can occur and then suddenly flips things around. I've never had such an event in my life. I really do think it's all essentially an accumulation effect of uh, positive decisions. And every day, you have a decision to make how you want to run that day. And it's a chance for you to add to that Little you know, deposit a little bit of that positivity on that other side to deliver those results. So I, I, I'm a big believer in that uh, compounding effect. There's a cool book written on this, um, Jeff Olson, The Slight Edge, one of my f- more favorite books, I would say. It's really, really powerful. And um, I, I would say I'm a big believer in such a concept because I, I try to put so much emphasis on decision-making with clients and trying to make um, every day sort of better and better and better. And over time, the iterative mindset of that you gain from that, just slow improvements over time, just compound to incredible results. Yeah, small steps uh, performed consistently over time yield tremendous results. Um, uh, so, so yeah, thanks for bring, giving both sides of that because on one side there is that you know one one more handful of of Doritos uh, done consistently is going to go one way, but then. You know what? An extra hundred steps a day. I mean, it doesn't have to be seven thousand steps a day. Start with just a hundred more than yesterday, and do that consistently, and 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 pretty soon your everything changes. Um, what was interesting? It's and maybe not interesting is the right word, but one of the things, one of my aha light bulb moments um, was watching people uh, when when I had CrossFit grow and the, the kind of the change that would happen psychologically. Like even very early on when, when they'd start a fitness journey and, and I got the sense and I still believe this, that the fact that we're investing in ourselves, like, like when a person makes a decision to start to take those extra hundred steps a day, and it can really be, I think just that, that simple, like, but they're, they're making a conscious intentional effort to do something more. We feel that self-love and I think it almost immediately starts to change things inside as far as our, our, our where we're at mentally, where we're at spiritually. Uh, have you seen the same thing? 
Yeah, I think accumulation of small wins is extremely important for developing self-efficacy and your belief that you actually are in control of the process to some extent. And uh, it is really all about the process. Um, I think getting your motivation tied to a goal is very dangerous because even if you, let's say, do reach that goal, but you don't necessarily enjoy the process itself or you don't find ways to enjoy the process, you're going to struggle with keeping the result you've achieved. So I'm all about the process. I mean, I use goals, obviously, as a direction and as a way to pinpoint, okay, this is where we're headed and here's how we measure it and here's how we're being deliberate about it. But the goal is going to be there anyway if you follow the process that that is in place and if you focus on consistency over time. So consistency over perfection or even better would be consistency over intensity uh, because doing a, a hard sprint for a month of revamping everything in your life will, will not w- deliver results because you're going to simply burn out. Uh, compare that to making very strategic small decisions where leverage can be created. Those are incredibly powerful. As you mentioned, extra 100 steps a day, but the way you can also think about it, maybe adding a morning walk or an evening walk with one of your loved ones, which you don't have time, let's say, throughout the day to hang out with each other. But what if you do after dinner, take a walk together and you just do that for 20 minutes and then you come back home? And that's an incredibly powerful tool, not just for your fitness, but it's also helping you have better relationships. What if you were to do a morning walk outside, get some sunlight, take a podcast, maybe this one, or an audiobook or something similar to that, and you listen to that while you're walking around for 20 minutes, you go 20 minutes, one direction, one back, that's 40 minutes. You've already done an incredible job getting yourself exposed to your to the sunlight. You grounded your circadian rhythm. You're going to sleep better at night because of that. You burned some calories as well. Just got your body moving, got the body temperature up. So you've done one thing that led to 10 benefits and not to even mention the personal development benefits and feeding your mind with positivity and inspiring content starting the day. So you're less reactive to the world and compared to staying up uh, let's say very late at night and you're trying to catch up in the morning, you wake up, you check your phone, check the email inbox and just end up in a negative cycle of being reactive the whole day. What if you would just took that first 30 minutes and took that walk? And think those little things, I'm very fascinated by changes like that, that can create a ripple effect. Extremely fascinated by that. And same as training, like one workout can do so many incredible things as causes that keystone habit to, to have a ripple effect in your entire life. And so people often think, you know, it's seven days a week. I got to train every day. Actually, no, most of our clients are training three to four sessions a week for up to an hour. And that's a little bit of steps on top of that. And they're good to go. That That's as much as they need to do. And everything else, we, we focus on nutrition. We focus on sleep. We focus on stress management, energy. It's really seeing this as a lifestyle and identifying all the variables and where can you make an improvement and just build on it. I think there's incredible power and confidence from that because a lot of people lose hope. If you failed and failed, diet after diet, year after year, you regain some weight, you lose the weight again, regain that, shuffling the same 10 pounds over and over again, you lose hope, you lose confidence. And then you're coming with that baggage into the next thing and you're not giving it an honest try. You're very easy to give up. And this is, I think, what holds a lot of people back who've tried things in the past is that they've... um, they go in, but they also go one foot in, one foot out. And so they don't actually give it an honest try. And they're one step away from giving up again. And to be honest, with, I, mean, I have to be very clear. Nobody can actually, there's no way that he can just do it perfectly without making mistakes. No journey, no single client, not even, I, I've developed my program for Christ's sakes. I mean, I've, I, I built the thing and I can't stick to, you know, like nobody can perfectly do anything. And same as in business, you're going to have, 
challenges, you're going to have failures, but it's the relationship that you have with failure that will determine how you're going to succeed or, or if you're going to continue failing and giving up. And this is where I think that can be that, that attitude you have to your journey is so essential because if you're someone who's an adaptive perfectionist, which is a good form of perfectionism, who strives to do better, but also can adapt to the circumstances that change over time, which is basically life happening, you're going to do really well. But if you're a maladaptive perfectionist, in a sense that the circumstances do change, but you try to stay in your fixed process, you don't allow your system to adapt, and there's that disconnect there, and you get, then get, give up. We cannot expect the world to simply you know, bend to our will and just adapt itself. We have to be the one who are adapting and being mentally flexible enough to, to iterate and to consistently change our approach. And if you have that mindset, you can't fail. Like literally, there's no way to fail. Like, as I said earlier, the only way to fail is to give up. Yeah, and, and so just to kind of think about packing that up, the, the, what I keep, what, what I've seen many times, people start something and, and they do, they, it's a one foot in, one foot out, and then you know they, they go out with friends. They have uh, they have four pieces of pizza and a couple of beers, and they're like, oh, I messed up again. And and they let it derail like the whole process instead of just realizing, hey, you know what? If I was on a hike, this would be. I just stubbed my toe on a, on a on a boulder. I need to get back on the trail. And so my encouragement to anybody listening is, if you've experienced this, if you if you miss your day at the gym, just don't make it two. But if it does become two for whatever reason. Just get back in as soon as you can. Get back on the journey because the the rewards are are well worth it and and you deserve it. Um, Absolutely. So- Only habits cha- make changes. So understand that a single event doesn't make changes. Habits make changes. So as long as you don't turn that into a habit, you're good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you so you mentioned a couple things about you know feeding yourself positivity in the morning, um, and there's something else about um, just getting into you know, the negative mindset cycle. So one of the things I, I coach people on is consumption, you know, with their health. What are you, what are you eating and drinking is a big factor, uh, you know, physically, obviously, but also what are you allowing in uh, through your eyes and your ears? And, you know, what, what are you consuming on a daily basis? Because I think it has uh, also tremendous impact, um, both positive and negative. So if you could speak to that a little bit and maybe maybe some tips or some ideas for any of our listeners to, to help them on their journey. Yeah, I think this is from, this is very, very powerful. Uh, I would say that what you get in your body, I would say 50-50, what you get in your mind and you get in your body both have an incredibly um, positive effect because remember that the brain is always changing and it's always learning and it's always adapting. So it can it can be a tool that is under your control where you feed it the right information and you train it to be good at what you need it to be good at. Or you can let someone else train it, whether that's a, a big media group or whether that's your friends on social media or whoever you know's opinions are in your head. So in order to combat this, we have to be well aware that there needs to be some curation at place. So whether you want to create a different email account that you then only get the emails delivered once a day and then you are in control of that. I'm a I'm very careful with being reactive. So on my, for example, my social media, I've disabled all possible news feeds and I barely spend any time on it, even though it's a big part of my business. I try to spend the minimum amount of time on social media, on public social media. I do hang out with my clients, but as far as public social media, Twitters, Facebook accounts, uh, news feeds, things like that, it's all blocked. It's all you know using different plugins, news feed eradicators, and uh, phone notifications are disabled. There's no noises. There, there's nothing. There's really nothing to disturb me when I'm 
uh, when I'm um, about to do my work, especially my creative work. And most of the content that I do consume is very specific content that I choose to consume. So for example, CEO interviews, audiobooks, um, uh, biographies, uh, things that, like podcasts that I'm very specific with that I'm going to listen to. Uh, scientific journals, meta-analyses, systematic reviews that keep coming out, and I'm subscribed to a couple of research reviews, and I'm reading that. So I'm very deliberate with my time. And then, of course, I read some philosophy. I read some, um, I don't know, space news, uh, AI development, machine learning, and stuff that I'm really passionate about on the side. That's my form of entertainment. That's literally what I consider entertainment because I, I'll just read stuff that doesn't necessarily have much actionable stuff, but it's just intellectually stimulating to me. And I, I do think there's... Um, there's quite a lot to be done here because if you, you know, consider uh, the goal of the media and your goals, they're they're probably not aligned. <laughs> so you got to be very careful um, with, with you know, to understand the, the motives behind certain types of headlines. And the more you learn about, as an entrepreneur, we all learn a bit about copywriting and marketing. The more you realize just what you're up against here. And same goes for food engineering. I mean, we have to understand that processed food is specifically engineered to be as addictive and as consumable as possible to create a habit. So it, it's not like this innocent thing that someone put together because they want food. No, it's it's a clear thing designed to drive profit and overconsumption. So once you are actually aware of that and you take a bit of that red pill, you start seeing, wow, okay, these people are actually driven by profit and don't necessarily care about my health or my family's health. So I got to be very careful here. I'm going to design systems to work around that. Same thing goes for media. Same things goes for social media. Same things goes for newsletters. Um, any form of uh, you know uh, solicitation or or information that goes in your head, you you almost want to be that skeptical scientist who's questioning things. And I think that's sort of my asset here. Uh, would be I'm a little bit of a naturally um, you know a, a questioning person. I'm a, a bit of more okay. What's the data? What, where, where does this actually come from? Why, how did you come to this conclusion? I'm not going to just take things for granted. And I, and I feel like that protects me a lot from the nonsense that is uh, exposed out there. So I'm a very critical thinker when it comes to these things. Um, and and I think that can obviously, there's an extreme form of that. And you think the world earth is flat or whatever. I mean, good luck to you. But I mean, you, you got to have some, you know, ability to question what's out there in order to then have your own sort of way to make valuable decisions for yourself and, ha- and be an independent thinker. Otherwise, you're essentially going to be like a leaf in the wind. One day this, one day that, and you're just going to be having um, very little success with business. And then most entrepreneurs that I know, they hang out with other entrepreneurs. They're trying to learn from. They're very picky with the people they hang out with in real world, and and they try to limit exposure to negativity and pessimism. Uh, whether the pessimist is right or not, I mean, they're going to get in your head, and you're going to have a problem. So I do try to surround myself with as much, I would say, rational optimism as possible. So really, kind of having that nice balance between you know, critically thinking, but also being, at the end of the day, I'm sort of an, an optimist and I and I do think things will work out. And and I feel like that's, as an entrepreneur, you have to be. I, I don't know any successful pessimist entrepreneurs, honestly, like the, zero, they all failed, like every single one of them. And I, I know hundreds of them. Um, a rational optimist has a really good chance of, of, of making it. And uh, so that, that would be sort of my opinion there, but there's many tools and plugins and extensions you can use for a browser's phone and everything else to curate uh, your exposure to all this content. Yeah. Yeah. Good tips. Thank you. So on the, on the, on the actual, well, we've been talking fitness, I guess, but if, so I'm a 50 year old guy, um, I've got a business, I've got a family. Um, I think there's a, there's a, um, uh, I shouldn't say misconception. There's an idea that, that people like 
like me don't have time. Like, when am I going to find time to work out? When am I going to find time to get fit? So, uh, you know, could you, could you share maybe two or three quick, easy tips, quick that, that our listeners can take away and put into application right away? Absolutely. Um, I would say for an entrepreneur, one of my clients says this, give yourself permission to make health a priority in your life. Because it can be one of those things where you feel like you're putting time into it, but your time has a higher return investment if you put it in your business, which is a very common thing with entrepreneurs because you can see a direct result of your work in, in when it comes to the business side of things. You can see the return investment. In health, especially if you're new, you really can't, at least not in the beginning. But the problem with you know that is that you're attaching your motivation to a short feedback loop. And most things in life that are at a short feedback loop, they don't really have that much positive benefit to you in the grand scheme of things. Well, things with a long feedback loop, things that you need to delay gratification for, have tremendous benefits, such as health. You may not see results in a month, but in a year of following a healthier lifestyle, you're going to save yourself a trip to the hospital and being you know, disabled for you know, five, 10 years or having huge problems down the line. So it's that problem where we humans suck at things that take a long time to manifest themselves. So with health and fitness, time, I would say it's more of a priorities thing than rather than a time thing. And then, yes, you will have to reorganize yourself. Uh, some other things you do, you may need to scale down a little bit to embed some new habits, but it's also a temporary thing because once you develop habits, habits have this incredible nature of being automated and not dependent on your motivation or discipline or or other factors. So they simply naturally happen. I mean, do you need motivation to brush your teeth or to wake up in the morning and do do and just go to the toilet? You don't. I mean, those things just happen. So I think the same thing can happen with exercise. If it becomes a part of your identity and who you personally are and it becomes a strong habit in your life, you will naturally find time for it. A couple of favorite, my, one of my favorite strategies here would be really being on top of your calendar with implementation intentions and time blocking. This is as far as tactics. This is the way I organize my own schedule. And most of my clients try to replicate a lot of this in their lives as well. So when you look at your week, you have 168 hours and you time block uh, the hours based on appointments and find time to exercise. You pre-commit to it by picking a specific time. I use Google Calendar for this. I keep it very simple. And I just pre-commit. This is my training. This is all my appointments. These are my interviews. These are my uh, you know, client meetings. These are my, you know, other meetings in personal life that I have dinners and stuff like that. So it's all organized. My week is already planned up. So if I need to put in something to the schedule, I'll need to probably wait another week or eight to 10 days, you know, to be able to add that in there. So I'm really well organized. And this goes a long way because it, it adds mini deadlines and things that have to be done, which also forces me to get them done. Because if I have an infinite loop of time, it's, it just drags on and I'm never going to get anything done. So I, I'm a big believer in that constraints fuel creativity and also drive us to do better work. So having a little bit of a constraint on a time block, if I know that I'm doing this for two hours and I have to do the next thing, I'm incentivized to finish this up now. Otherwise, I'm just going to be browsing the internet and doing random things. So time blocking and implementation intentions are extremely powerful for that. And the uh, second strategy that can save you a lot of time is is working on developing systems, same as in the business. So for example, healthy groceries, there's no reason for you to actually go and drive to the store to get healthy groceries every single week. If you already have your list, you may as well just get it delivered to your house. There's really no reason for you to go there. Now, unless you time that with a break from work, which can be extremely beneficial, and you go and just walk around and drive around, and that's cool, taking a break and take your mind off things, that's fine. But if you really like the time, there's no reason you just have your groceries delivered. Same for your meals. You can have your meals delivered. 
with your training. You can have a home gym. You don't have to go to the gym. You can just do a workout. It's 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. Knock it out three times a week. It's actually going to deliver you a fair amount of results. So there's many time-saving strategies, but at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself honestly, if I'm really lacking the time or is this thing just not a priority in my life? And that's an honest thing because you, you may actually not have the time and then you have to rely on some of the strategies, but maybe you do have the time, but it's more of a an excuse because you're doing something new and you're intimidated by it and you don't know any better and you don't know how to make it work. And then, okay, time is a convenient thing to say uh, because realistically, we all have 168 hours a week. And um, I think that as far as time management, we can all get better, but there's plenty of time to include a couple of workouts and some eating healthy because eating healthy takes the same amount of time as eating unhealthy. I mean, it's probably maybe a couple of seconds longer because you need to chew a little bit more for, you know, if you eat salads, but I mean, what else, you know, it's not like this crazy difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, so number one, you said, give yourself permission. So um, if you're, if you're thinking that work's more important or whatever's more important, like I, I don't have time to work out because I need to, I need to be at my job. And I, I've talked to people that have said this, I feel guilty um, going to the gym. And, and so the first thing you said was give yourself permission. Um, it's the greatest, I think, I think taking care of your health is the greatest gift you can give to your family and loved ones and, and probably to your business as well. Uh, they, all, all, all those things need you in tip top shape uh, today, tomorrow, and especially 20 years from now. So no, give yourself permission. Um, then uh, you said organize the schedule. Just be really uh, intentional about, about getting that uh, schedule organized um, and uh, I'm going to inject my own word, but essentially time blocking, setting appointments. Um, and when it comes to, like you mentioned, the fitness, just uh, on whenever you set up your week, um, plan your fitness days. So Monday, 4 p.m., Wednesday, 4 p.m., Saturday, 9 a.m. If those are my three fitness appointments, um, get them in the calendar. Get them in first, I would tell people. Um, you didn't say that, but those in relationships, the, the really important things. Because the urgency of work will just fill in the blanks. But if you if you don't get these in first, uh, they just don't get in there. Absolutely. I was having a conversation last week with with my coach, and and he 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 actually called me out on something. Um, when uh, when we set these appointments with ourselves, we need to treat them like a legitimate appointment. And so I'll use our conversation here, Mario, as an example. If if something would have come up because life happens, right? So if something would have come up, and 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 you suddenly uh, couldn't make it. You wouldn't just think, oh, well, I didn't make it and drift off to do something else. You'd reach out to me um, and say, hey, can we reschedule this? I, I, I really, I, I, something came up. I've got to take care of it. I'm really sorry, but can we reschedule? And you'd reschedule it. And then we'd have a meeting at, at the designated time. And I share that because um, oftentimes we as individuals say we're going to do something. We put it on the calendar. And then when it doesn't happen, we just kind of shrug it off like, oh, I, I didn't get to the gym today. and my take on that, what I'm offering is make it an appointment. If you miss your appointment, simply reschedule it. Don't beat yourself up. Just put it on the calendar and, and get to it next time. Um, mm -hmm. And then the final thing you offered was um, get some systems in place, systems for, for, for time saving, for, for, to make life flow better with, with more consistency, such as uh, get your groceries delivered, get your, you know, uh, get your meals delivered, whatever it is, have, get some help with meal prep. There's tons of services and and even in apps and different things out there to to make to make it really easy to get systemized in these things. Does that kind of cover it all? 
Yeah, absolutely. Make make it simple. Uh, we tell clients treat it, treat the workout as a as a flight. You're not gonna miss the flight, right? And if you do miss it, reschedule it. But you know, treat it as a literally going to the airport. And I think it's important to be also flexible with your habits. And we do have this term we use flexible habits where you downscale the habit if this current version of the habit is impossible at the moment. So if you only have 30 minutes for a workout, you go do 30 minutes, knock out the first couple of exercises and go home. You don't have to do the full hour. So having that ability to just stay consistent because you're doing that workout, not just for the workout results, you're doing it to maintain the habit. And maintaining the habit is way more important than actually the result you get from a single workout session. So even if it's a 15-minute workout, even if it's 50 push-ups that you're going to do at home, you know, do five, five times 10 or whatever you can do at the moment, it's still going to maintain the habit. Even if you meditate for a minute, you're still a meditator and you still maintain that uh, habit in your life. And then maybe you can do 20 minutes sometimes, sometimes 10, sometimes five. But having that flexibility to go from plan A to B to C and then alternate, I, I think really that's what people need to need to hear a lot more because it's very easy to caught, uh, get caught up in perfectionism thinking that, oh, can I do it or don't do it? So that black and white thinking, right? One cookie, I'm just going to scratch the whole diet and then I'm going to start fresh on Monday, right? That type of mentality. That really destroys your consistency more than anything else. Mario, that's, you know what? That's awesome, awesome words of wisdom right there. And I think we, we can wrap up with that. Um, I've, yeah, because it, it just resonates. So, um, be be flexible. Maintain the habit, um, and even if it's even if it's five minutes versus versus an hour. Do the thing for five minutes. You, you'll get back into whatever the time block is next time. But maintain the habit. Cool. That was awesome. So for for our listeners that want to want to know more about you, want to connect with you, want to want to work with you as 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 their trainer, like how do we find you? The best place to check out some of my content, which I put out every week, um, and I do my absolute best to pour in as much value as possible in my YouTube channel and my YouTube videos, they come out on a weekly basis. So once a week, I keep them short. I keep them very, very uh, straight to the point. So you can check that out if you just type in my name, Mario, uh, T-O-M-I-C, or even just Mario Fitness on YouTube. I think I'm uh, the biggest channel with this name. So you can find Mario Atomic there. It, it's I think now we have like 200,000 subscribers or something. It, it's been growing really fast. So you can check that out. I think you're going to find a lot of value there. And my website, Tomic.com. So T-O-M-I-C.com. There's a free masterclass on there. There's a bunch of stuff and client results. You can see what results some others have achieved as for inspiration. And then, of course, you can reach out if you want to work with me, I'd, I'd be honored, of course, to help out whoever's committed and coachable and wants to do this for themselves. Happy to you know revisit, you know, see what's the case and see if we can help. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Thank you for being here and for and for sharing with our audience. I appreciate it so much. You're, you're, I consider your time a, a tremendous gift. So thank you, Mario. Uh, awesome. It's hey, been a pleasure. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, everybody listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I, I hope you found some amazing value here. Please go go to uh, the website, uh, tomic.com and, and get uh, just get more Mario. I think uh, we can all benefit from that uh, and what he offers. Uh, please check back in next time. I look forward to connecting with you in about a week. Until then, everybody, whatever, whatever God's put on your heart, whatever big aspirations you have, whatever dreams you have, remember, you can. I believe in you. Until next time, peace to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. 
and I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.